How's it going today, guys? Once again, back here in the studio, another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today is July 10th, 2018. Um, we'll be having special guest Bid Bolton come on later to talk about some MLB All-Star game and players we thought got snubbed and whatnot a little bit. It will be hammering a little MLB for y'all. But first, I want to get into a little World Cup knockout stage here. We're down to the semifinal now. We got Belgium, France, England, Croatia. I mean, I predicted all four of these teams right for y'all. I told y'all I got y'all on these picks. I mean, they're going to be absolutely great games. We'll start though with England, Belgium, I mean with uh, Belgium, France, which is on today. Um, Unfortunately, I don't think this podcast will be produced in time for this game to start, but still I'm going to give you all my little preview for it honestly this is probably the best matchup we've seen across the entire World Cup yeah we've seen crazy games like uh, Japan versus Belgium I mean I think that's the craziest soccer game I've ever watched the fact that they went down 2-0 and still won the game 3-2 but overall of all the matchups we've seen I mean France-Argentina was a good matchup on paper but Argentina just never really pulled it together and played right as a team I mean they looked awful the entire World Cup they looked like they didn't even deserve to make it out of the group stage but Belgium here now guys they got the stacked attack. They got Mertens, Hazard, Lukaku, just to name a few they got out there. I mean, them bringing Fulani and putting him in the starting lineup when he came on in the uh, Japan game, they've looked better, but realistically, guys, with Belgium, I just don't think they can get it done against France. I feel like France has got the speed. I feel like both teams are big. I feel like they're built a lot like each other. You know, these are the European powers, and I just feel like that France, yeah, Belgium's got size. They'll probably get a goal on a header or something like that, and they'll probably get one other goal on a counterattack or something like that, but I mean, I also feel the same way about France. I feel like Giroud can get himself a header in the box. I feel like Mbappe can get them out in the open field and find Griezmann or even get one himself. I like a high-scoring match, so I'm going to go over two and a half goals, which is even right now, so that's pretty good odds right there for y'all. You're basically getting whatever you risk on the game, which is not bad at all. Um, it's a PK either way, so that means if they're tied and go to extra time, you don't lose your money. I mean, France is minus 140, Belgium's even. I'm kind of surprised that France is the uh, favorite in this game. They're at plus 145. Uh, Belgium's at plus 185. I personally like France to win this game. I don't know if it'll be in regular time, though, so I'm not really making a bet on that. I mean, if I were y'all, I would go with the PK on the team. You feel good about a little France pick em, I think is a very good shot at hitting, but like I said, guys, I just don't really feel confident enough to make a straight-up bet in this game. Both teams are pretty evenly matched. Both teams are really good. I think it'll be whatever team can capitalize on counterattacks and kind of have the other team get stuck down there attacking. Like, I really thought that Brazil was stupid with how they would always bring down Marcelo and it'd give Belgium a counterattack and just let Lukaku and Hazard run down the field and find each other and run down there and get goals. I mean, that's how De Bruyne hit that uh, deep shot. So, I really like Belgium, too, in this game, guys. It's going to be a hell of a game. I picked France to win the World Cup. I think this game's almost a toss-up, so I'm going to stick with my gut here and stay with France. But, I mean, like I said, guys, my bet for this game is uh, over two and a half goals. And also, on team totals, both teams at over one goal team totals. I would take over one goal for both teams. I think both teams will score in this match, so that bet's at least going to push. But I also think that one of the two teams is going to uh, score more than one goal. So I think that both of those could potentially hit or 
just one of them, but either way, I don't think you're losing any money there. I think that's the safest bet on the spectrum for this game. Next, let's look at England-Croatia. I mean, guys, this is the best England team I've ever seen. I know I said it last podcast, but I want to make this known again. England has always had the high potential guys, but you know, they never really pan out. Like, when I look at these all these England strikers and attackers they have, like, look at Walcott. He never really panned out. Look at Danny Welbeck. Look at Sturridge. I mean, yeah, they're all right, but they never really paled, panned out that much. I feel like this team with the young guys like Lingard, Rashford, Harry Kane, Sterling. I mean, you just got the, I mean, don't even forget about Pickford. This guy's an absolute baller. He's been saving goals left and right, played a heck of a World Cup, been one of the best goalies I've seen out there. I mean, he's probably made himself tons of money. I feel like he'll get one of those huge transfer fees and be one of those next big English club uh, keepers, even though I believe he's at Everton right now. But like I've been saying, guys, I just feel like that this guy's an absolute beast, and then England's been balling out. I feel like they got the team, and Croatia, to me, I think they peaked when they beat Argentina. Like, yeah, they won that group. They played really well in the group, but I mean, they've played awful in their two knockout stage games. They had to go to extra. They had to go to PKs against Denmark and Russia, who I really thought Croatia was head and shoulders better than both of them, but let's be honest, guys. Argentina was trash, and that entire group they played in was not very good. I like England to win this game in regular time at plus 125 odds. If I were y'all, I would take a bet, though, on England to advance. I wouldn't take the regular times because anything can happen and England has gone to extra time against Colombia. So, I mean, England's not a sure thing lock, but I really like England to advance in this game. By all means, though, if you like Croatia, don't let me deter you from taking that. Um, Croatia's at plus 240, the draw at plus 195. But, I mean, guys, I would hammer Croatia if I were you. I mean, uh, England, if I were you guys to advance, I'd really like them. That's at minus 160 odds. The over-unders at over two goals, I don't know about that. That's risky. I mean, I would probably take it, but it's definitely risky. But my lock in for this game, what I would bet on if I was you guys, was England over one goal. I just feel like that that England over one goal, it's at minus 144 odds. I just feel like England's going to find the back of the net. Harry Kane is way too talented of a striker to really not score a goal, guys, and he's the favorite to win the golden ball. I think he can get one in there, or Lingard, or just one of their one of their attackmen, I really think, can get one in there for them. England's just so stacked up on attack. This is the best English football team I've seen in a minute. So I really like England to win this game. I mean, England-France final would be crazy. All uh, Basically, either way, we're getting a European team. And like I've said, guys, I feel like European teams are built the best for the World Cup. They're a lot bigger than these teams, a lot stronger. So, I mean, I really like seeing this right here. But... I mean, guys, like I said, it's going to be two great games to watch. Can't wait to watch them, but I'll be tweeting out bets for y'all. So look at that. Once again, follow me on Twitter at Hot Takes with TP3. I'm really trying to get those follows up. Got tons of good stuff out there, guys. Interact with me, please. I love interactions on Twitter. It's one of my favorite parts about it. I love seeing you guys voice your opinions against mine. I mean, it just makes me know that y'all are thinking and that y'all like and actually reading my content. So just look out for all that stuff. All right, guys. So before we get to baseball real quick, I just want to talk about some something quick here in the NBA, and that is Clint Capella. I mean, the Rockets offered him like a four-year, $60 million deal. He wants one more towards $100 million. Like I told y'all, I know I've been saying to y'all all the time that I really don't think the Rockets should go out and pay the big bucks to Capella. I don't think that he's worth it. But the way that things shape up at this point now, you have to pay Capella the big bucks. And my reason being for that is you can't afford to fall behind in the NBA playoffs. You can't afford to fall behind in the Eastern, in the Western Conference. He's got LeBron in LA, so that automatically makes a, another big-time competitor I mean, we've seen all the moves go on out there in that conference. And I mean, you already know the Warriors now are probably going to win, but you can't afford to not pay Compella here. You already paid big bucks to Chris Paul and you know you have to have him. Yeah, he might not be able to be on the court all the time, but P.J. Tucker's not going to do what he needs to do. And you really got to be able to avoid 
playing a first round series against a four five seed or even a six seed. I mean, you got to be able to get that two seed. That two seed's going to be huge because you're going to get a lot easier team in the playoffs. And people don't realize, man, this Western Conference is absolutely stacked up. Any team you're playing, any matchup one through eight is going to be a good matchup regardless. But you got to try to get the best matchup to help yourself out. And I think that's really what the Rockets can do here by re-signing Capella is have a way better regular season. I mean, we watched Umba Mute and Ariza walk away from this team. You can't afford to lose this guy either. The only real signing they've made is Chris Paul re-signed and Michael Carter-Williams. So I think they're kind of waiting to see how much money they need to pay Capella before they make other moves on free agents. But I think the move's got to be made ASAP. I mean, Clint Capella was huge to them all season long. We saw him get better and better every year. And I think he's probably like, there's probably only two other big men in the league I would take over Capella. And that's saying a lot. I mean, I don't value big men a lot, so... I would really realistically rather have a uh, Towns and Davis. And I feel like there's one other big man I'm forgetting off the top of my head, but I mean, Capella's played up there at the level. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying cousins, but that's cause he's coming off that Achilles guys. And I don't really know how he's going to be coming off that. But I mean, we know what we're going to get with Capella. He's going to protect the rim for you and defend it. And I mean, that's really lacked in the NBA. I think he's better than Deandre Jordan, honestly. And that's the player everyone compares him to, but I think he surpassed Deandre Jordan's skill. So I really think the Rockets need to go out there and get him. And I also think the Rockets need to pass up on, Carmelo Anthony. I just think that I just think Melo is kind of a cancer to a team, and I don't really think he brings anything to the table for them. Yeah, you could say, oh, we just want him to spot up and shoot and do this, but I mean, Melo don't want to spot up and shoot. He doesn't want to do that. Melo wants to get the ball and try to get buckets, and I mean, Melo's lazy. He plays no defense, and that's the biggest thing for the Rockets is all those 3 and D players that they use and have. I mean, they lock people up on the wings. I feel like Melo is the exact opposite of a player you need in Houston right now, and I feel like he would really hurt the chemistry and stuff. I mean, that's what Eric Gordon does off the bench is get you buckets. You don't need another guy like him you need another defensive three and d wing and i still think they can go out there and find one in a guy like wayne ellington or something like that but guys overall there's tons of good free agents still on the market i really like isaiah thomas i think there's lots of other moves that can be made with free agents i still think there's a woge bomb or two of a trade left i know we saw that one between the hornets and all them is just between tanking teams in the east made absolutely no sense but I don't really know where Isaiah Thomas is going to go. It's definitely looking interesting right now. It's really kind of been dead in free agency once all the big names sign, but I still think there's some smaller names like Isaiah Thomas and other guys, Jabari Parker, who can still go out there and get deals. Obviously, Capella. I mean, there's still a lot of work left to do in free agency and still a lot of big things could happen. I mean, Capella leaving completely shakes up the West and it shakes up with a lot of other teams because, I mean, wherever he goes, automatically going to be a better team. So I really could see there still being one more big move. But the last thing I want to say is, Zach Levine. Yeah, Zach Levine only shot 28% on shots outside of the painted area, which is not very good. But I mean, if you're the Bulls, you're a tanking team, so you can afford to pay a guy like this the contract. I think you absolutely have to match it because then you're basically letting Jimmy Butler walk away for nothing, which is the stupidest thing I could imagine. And yeah, the Timberwolves got a great trade with Jimmy Butler, but you can't let Jimmy Butler walk away for absolutely nothing. So I think they ended up getting a good good deal with Zach Levine. I still think he's got a lot of potential. He's a young player. I mean, he got hurt that one season with the torn ACL, I believe it was. So still lots of potential left in Zach Levine, but I like the move to re-sign him. All right, guys. So as promised, I got Bid Bolden on here, guys, to talk about a little uh, MLB All-Star and a little MLB. Bid, say what's up to the people. What's up, guys? All right, so let's get down to it. So first off, guys, the NL and AL All-Star rosters came out in full on Sunday. So we obviously got a little beef with some stuff on there. And Bid, let's start out. What uh, What's the first thing that's got you the most uh, rattled about people not making the All-Star roster? Uh, well, in the AL, it's obviously Blake Snell. I mean, the guy leads the freaking league in ERA. 
top 10 in strikeouts, top 10 in uh, whip, third in batting average against, and he's only two points behind Chris Sale there. He's just been dominant all year. Like Chris Archer said, uh, we as players didn't do our due diligence. I'm calling out everyone who didn't take the energy to figure out who's most deserving. And that's just, there's no excuse for Blake Snell to be left off the roster. No, I agree with you there completely. I mean, I think that he absolutely should be on there. And the fact that he has the lowest ERA and he plays for the Rays speaks even more like volume to what he's been doing because like the Rays, you're not getting a lot of run support down there or anything. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the fact that he's able to put up those kind of numbers, I think he has like a 209 ERA and in the AL and like, as we've seen, like it's absurd how much more stacked the AL roster is than the NL roster. Like, the AL probably be heavy favorites in this game. I mean, there's so much more stacks. It's almost like the Western Conference in the NBA. That's where all the best players are. You could have, like, there's going to be so many snubs in, over there rather than there are in the NL, but I think the biggest snubbing is in the NL, personally, and that's the fact that uh, Jesus Aguilar, first baseman for the Brewers, didn't make it. I mean, if you look at the stats for the first baseman that all made the team over him, Paul Goldschmidt, he has, and uh, Paul, along with Goldschmidt, Joey Votto, I mean, his stats are way better than them. I mean, he's the NL leader in home runs. I just don't know how you don't know that and don't put him on the team, although he has blown up a little bit more. And like you were saying earlier, Justin Verlander said that they voted a little bit earlier, but still, I mean, he's got 64 RBIs and he's hitting 305, and his stats are, I mean, Goldschmidt's stats are good. He should be on the team, but I mean, Votto's stats are like substantially worse. Like, Votto only has eight home runs to 23. I mean, He's got over 20 more RBIs, and he's hitting on over uh, 20 points higher than Votto is. I mean, that's just absolutely absurd that Votto made the team over him, and I don't think it should be. Yeah, literally the only thing that Joey Votto has going for him, he leads the National League on on-base percentage. Outside of that, he hasn't done anything special, hasn't wowed anybody this year, doesn't play great defense, hadn't been hitting home runs. I, I don't I don't get it. Yeah, and the Brewers too. I mean, I feel like you got to reward the good teams. Like we've seen in the past, teams like the Braves. Like we even seen it here with the Red Sox and the uh, Cardinals and teams like that getting players in here in the All Star game. You got to reward the teams that have good records. I mean, we've seen it happen in the past and stuff. And I feel like that Brewers need to be rewarded. This is a team that I picked to win this division before the season started, and they're looking really good. So I mean, I think the Brewers need to be rewarded here with him getting on there. But I mean, I hope the Brewers are able to vote him on. But it's not looking too good because we all know the votes come from the biggest fan bases. So we see. Teams like Red Sox, Yankees, Cardinals, Cubs, teams like that win these votes. I just hope that nationally the fans step in and get this guy into the game. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. You go, leads the National League in home runs, leads in slugging percentage, leads in OPS. I mean, it's unbelievable. The breakout that he's had at age 28 is just I don't even know what to say about it, man. Yeah, and it's crazy how much more stacked the first base position is in the NL than the AL. Oh, like, yeah. that's the one position they're bad <laughs> at in the AL. Like, I saw Jose Abreu get nominated, and I was like, oh, he's for sure got to yeah. be one of the players. Jose that Abreu be on and here. Mitch Moreland, like, yeah, not a chance they make it. Now. Then you go look at everything, though, in the AL, and you're like, all right, those are probably the two best first <laughs> basemen right, yeah. in here. <laughs> yeah, it's bad how bad they are out there. But, I mean, what other players do you disagree with on here? Uh, Andrelton Simmons, man, he's the best defensive shortstop of his generation and the bats come around 805 OPS he's seventh in the American League in batting average um his 3.5 wins above replacement if you want to look at the analytical side of things that's 12th in the American League second among shortstops and he was hurt for two weeks so he easily would be top 10 and then probably number one among shortstops for that and it's it's a shame that he's being left off 
See, I initially thought that Simmons shouldn't be on there, and as a Braves fan, too, I kind of wanted to see Simmons on there. But yeah. when I looked at everything, I mean, Lindor and Machado, I mean, both those guys are putting up absolute freakish numbers. I mean, Machado's batting average and home runs and everything jumps off the page. You, Lindor's batting average isn't as good as it's been in the past, but he's still got the home runs and the RBIs. I mean, I really, really thought he should be on here, but even when you look at it after that, Gene Segura is having a great season, too. Yeah. He's hitting almost like three. He's in the 330 range, and he didn't even make the all-star team so and that's back to what you were saying about the american league just being so good and so deep at all these different positions man like shortstop especially with manny machado now saying like even in a trade he does not want to leave shortstop the position's just stacked in the american league at this point yeah no that's what i'm saying i agree with you completely on that um it's just so stacked up like originally i even thought that lindor should start over machado then once i thought about it more i was like you know what it's all good but I'm really kind of surprised that they could, that the Indians fans couldn't be better here and get him yeah. on the All-Star team. I mean, you'd think they'd vote him on there. They did get Jose Ramirez at third base, but, I mean, I was expecting the Indians with the seasons they've had in the past and with the team they have to vote more All-Stars on there, but they only got one. My biggest beef with their roster is the fact that Aaron Judge is starting. I know J.D. Martinez got on there as the uh, DH as a starter, which is the right thing to do, but I just felt like that Michael Brantley or George Springer, Hanniger, I mean, even since Suchu, I feel like they're all having way better seasons than we're seeing here from Aaron Judge. I mean, obviously Aaron Judge is going to get on there just because the Yankees vote a lot for their players. I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with Judge on there as a reserve. I'm just glad Stanton didn't get voted on there. That would have pissed <laughs> me off. Yeah, Stanton definitely wouldn't have deserved it. I, I disagree, though. I think that Aaron Judge, especially as of late, he's turned it up a bit. He's got, I think, 24 home runs now. He's been tearing the cover off the ball. And I think he's the right choice to start. Yeah, no, I mean, I could definitely see that one both ways. I just feel like that more so I mean I just love the things that Martinez has done I felt like that you could have kind of had a different player at DH and stuff because I feel like Martinez is more of an outfielder than DH but I definitely could agree with you there um, another player I disagree with is Bryce Harper like mm-hmm. yeah you got to look down the NL completely I mean there's a lot of differences in batting average and home runs and stuff <clears throat> especially in the outfield I mean there's not a lot of good NL outfielders really besides Kemp and Marcakis nobody else really has the completely all-around stats I mean, Charlie Blackman, though, he I mean, Bryce Harper's innings 218, guys. He's 21 yeah. home runs, 51 RBIs. Charlie Blackman has 17 home runs, so he's gaining on him there. He's hitting 276, which is substantially higher than 218, and he has 40 RBIs, so he's about even there. So I felt like Charlie Blackman was pretty equal in stats. He could have been a starter. I mean, I'm going to argue to say that Harper shouldn't even be on the team, honestly. David Peralta got snubbed from the Diamondbacks. He's hitting 291, 15 home runs, 49 RBIs. That's almost identical to Harper in most of those categories and a way better batting average. He did not even make the team, so I really feel— a huge part of the D-back success this year too yeah exactly he's helped him hang around when they had AJ Pollock go to the DL and stuff and I mean Paul Goldschmidt was terrible at the beginning of the season he finally turned it around so I mean I just really feel like that Bryce Harper doesn't deserve to be on the team but we all know he's there because the all-star games in Washington and that's just a classic case of taking the prestige over the actual play on the field Uh, obviously Charlie Blackman or Lorenzo Cain I think they could easily start over Bryce Harper. I mean, obviously, like you just said, Blackman's having a great season. And then Lorenzo Cain, who's, according to pretty much all the metrics, has been the best defensive player in baseball this year, not to mention the high average, 16 stolen bases, fourth in the league in on-base percentage, fourth in the league in wins above replacement. He's just having a great season. And at the same time, guys like David Peralta and Brandon Nimmo have been a lot better than Bryce Harper this season. I get the home runs are high. I'm a fan of having them in the home run derby, but, I mean, 
Peralta and Nimmo definitely deserve that spot more. Oh, yeah. No, I agree with you for sure. Um, another player I was kind of disappointed got left off was Jed Lowry. I just felt like that everything mm-hmm. he's done this season, especially for an A's team, I just feel like that they, they deserve a little more recognition because this team actually has hit the ball pretty oh, well. Yeah, they're they're they hanging have. around in the AOS, too. I didn't. I really wasn't expecting much out of them. Jed Lowry, I mean, similar to Nick Markakis making the All-Star game for the first time in his 13th season. Yeah, let's give Markakis a big oh, yeah, shout-out. Shout-out out to Nick Markakis. Yeah, huge for the Braves. I am ecstatic about that. But, I mean, Jed Lowry's having a great season. I was hoping that he'd be the feel-good story of the AL. 11th year, probably having the best season of his career. And, uh, I mean, you look at the second-base position in the American League, obviously Jose Altuve is the top. But past that, I mean, they took Glaber Torres, the shortstop, basically as the second second baseman on the roster. And I, I would have liked to see Jed Lowry get the nod over him. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Glaber's a rookie, so like he's definitely got time to make many more all-star games. And Jed Lowry, I mean, he was good with other teams. I know he played in uh, Houston for a while, and I think that he just – I guess it was his only – the second team was the A's. But, I mean, he's always hit the ball well, and he's been a good player. He's just yeah. been injury-prone. Like, oh, he just yeah. can't keep, stay healthy for a full season. He's really put everything together, and it's kind of weird because he kind of had some down years. It's kind of like Mark is honestly. He had a couple down years. Yeah, and kind like, of think that he's washed up, and then he pops back up. Yeah, like this. I really like, – before the season – started I figured Mark Hakus would get washed up and I figured yeah. he'd end up losing out his starting outfield spot and we'd see uh, I figured we'd see Colberson or Camargo out there in the outfield and I figured we'd see uh, Acuna and, and Mark Hakus go to the bench more and lose his spot but I mean Mark Hakus has come alive and end up having probably one of his best season of his oh entire career God, yeah, I'm loving it oh yeah him and Matt Kemp too and I mean Matt Kemp's another guy I want to give a little credit to like I've said about Matt Kemp all season long he's just he's just banging up that hip away from yeah. losing everything I mean he was hitting 310 like in consistently for the Braves and he banged up the hip and lost it I mean that's just been Matt Kemp those hip injuries have hurt him but I'm really happy for him to see him stay healthy and to see him keep hitting I mean he was not even supposed to be an all-star this year uh, he was just kind of a dump salary with yeah, they, were, they were thinking that the Dodgers were just going to cut him when they got him in that trade with the Braves like they were thinking he would get cut or maybe traded as a designated hitter somewhere I thought his career in the outfield was over because of his legs and he just popped up doing this I mean he's get, if he's healthy he's always gonna hit but I wasn't expecting anything like this. Yeah, no, I was not expecting this either. I've been the same way as you. I felt like he should go over to the AL and play some DH. I felt like he had some potential as a DH in the AL, but hey, man, I mean, he's back out here on the yeah, All-Star team. It's kind of weird seeing all these second-chance players get out there in the NL. I mean, the AL is so much more stacked <laughs> once again. I mean, but the AL is always kind of going to be more stacked, more the pay-the-big-money-to-players teams are over there with the Yankees. And they get the DH, too, which makes things a little easier. Guys like J.D. Martinez, they can get him and Aaron Judge in the lineup like that's yeah exactly I mean the AL is more stacked the last one that I really had a big uh, disagreement with that I didn't like was seeing Javier Baez being the starting shorts or second baseman you know I really thought that Ozzy Albaz as a Braves fan was gonna or Albies was gonna win the uh, vote the vote and he was gonna get it but I mean he ended up losing out but I was not expecting it to be Baez I was expecting it to be Scooter and I mean I'm be honest as much of a Braves fan as I am I can't really sit here and say to you guys that Ozzy should be in the starting over Javi but I can say Scooter should be I mean Scooter's hitting 322 to his 290 batting average and he's an on-base percentage over 40 points higher I mean Javier does have him in RBIs and average but he also hits higher up and he hits in a better order for the Cubs you have better players to get on field I mean the, the Reds do have a smaller ballpark and whatnot but I 
I mean, overall, I just feel like Javier should have better runs batted in and stuff. I mean, somebody's making the argument to me that he can play other positions and has a stronger arm, but I mean, who cares? We saw Scooter get on top 10 plays last night with yeah. a great play. Scooter's got a good glove. I mean, he had four home runs in one game. We all know what he can do. I just feel like that the Reds have not had a bright spot all season long, and I felt like him starting could have been that one bright spot for him, and I yeah. feel like that it should be something to kind of bring light to a player who doesn't get as much in the spotlight. Yeah, Scooter Jeanette definitely deserves more credit than he gets. But this is a position in the National League where I really don't think they could have made a wrong decision between Baez, Jeanette, and Ozzie Albies. I do think that if Ozzie had stayed hot in May and early June, he'd probably be the starter and he'd probably be the best second baseman in the National League. Uh, Thankfully, he's turned it back up as of late. But um, I kind of like Baez there just because... I mean, like you said, Jeanette does have him in average and has him in on-base percentage, but Baez has him in most other categories. And like you also mentioned, Scooter plays in that smaller ballpark, which definitely helps him out. But at the same time, I definitely see where you're coming from. Scooter deserves more shine, and this would have been a great opportunity for him to get it. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. I know something that me and you were talking about. I mean, do you first off, do you have any more players that you kind of disagree with or think should be on there? Uh, yeah, I got a couple more. Um, one guy that I really think shouldn't be on there, Salvador Perez for the Kansas City Royals. I mean, you know how good of a career he's had. You know he's been good. He just flat out does not deserve it this year. He's only there because the Royals needed a representative. But he's hitting 213 with a 255 on base percentage. He's been absolutely horrible this season. The defense is pretty good, but I mean, that it's not enough to get you there. I definitely would have preferred to see uh, Indians catcher Jan Gomes or even Evan Gaddis, although he's only caught like two or three games this year. He's put DH for the most part. I think I would have loved to see Evan Gaddis get an opportunity instead of Salvador Perez. And even if you want to keep the one player per team as to make it rule, Whit Merrifield, the second baseman, hitting 303, 371 on base, 16 stolen bases. I think he would have been a much better choice than Salvador Perez. Yeah, I agree with you that he should have been the next much better choice. But that kind of leads us into the debate that I was going to bring up is that if the team should be able to get a player, if everybody should get one player on there. And personally, I know you don't agree with it, but I like it just because I feel like baseball is such a long season and it kind of gives teams like the Reds or teams like the Royals or teams that suck. It kind of gives them like that one player in the spotlight. It kind of gives the players a reason to come to the ballpark and play hard so they can get that recognition. I just feel like that it's such a long season and there's so many spots in baseball on there. I feel like each team deserves to have one player. Obviously, I mean, I agree with you, Salvador Perez probably should not have been the representative. But, I mean, I just feel like that every single team needs to get one player on there. It just kind of gives you a dog in the fight. Like, I know when the Braves sucked, it was big for me to have yeah. that one player in there. We'd always get Tehran or uh, Ender. And that's why, my opinion, that's why my opinion sort of changed. Is when we were that bad, I did. I'm not going to lie. I did prefer to see that just because I wanted to have a Brave in the game. But at the same time, you got 29 other fan bases that just want to see the best players, want to see the best of the best. And instead, you get Felipe Vasquez and Salvador Perez going out there. And that's just... I, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I mean, it kind of sucks because, like, there's teams like the Orioles, like, okay, you got Machado, that's yeah. your one all-star, you know what I mean? But then there's teams, like you're saying, that really don't have a surefire all-star and it's just kind of a crapshoot which one they choose to pick over, out of all of them. But, 
I mean, I definitely just feel like that it's the best way to do things. I just feel like each team needs a little motivation and whatnot. I feel like they should let the coach pick the most deserving player from each team. That's a pretty good idea. Team. I like that idea. Because it kind of like rewards the player. The coach sees he does the little things behind, you know what I mean? Like the one guy who stays positive after you lose six games in a row or the one guy, you know, who's kind of the locker room leader, the guy who deserves yeah. it the most. I feel like that should be the better way to do it rather than the way they've been doing it recently just because I feel like you have to kind of give recognition to every team just because baseball is such a long season. Yeah. But overall, I think I, I like the MLB All-Star game. I think it's fun. I mean, I just love – it's the Midsummer Classic. You know, I'm a big home run derby guy mm-hmm. too. They oh, haven't announced yeah. the official home run derby yet, but – Please give me Aguilar. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Get him in the game. Get him in the derby. Yeah, Aguilar's got to be in there. I feel like he'll come to play with a chip on his shoulder since he didn't get nominated for the All-Star game, and he'll probably – I feel like he could be a guy to win it. I mean, they'll probably throw Bryce Harper in there just because it's his hometown. I saw uh, – I mean, that's the one thing Bryce has going for him this year anyway is the home run run so that'll be I guess he deserves that I, I don't know about the all-star game yeah that's what I'm saying it's just the fact they're in Washington yeah. and whatnot but I mean I expect Trey Turner probably to win that vote especially with Yachty getting named last night because of the yeah. Buster Posey injury so I think that uh that in at the end of things we'll probably end up seeing him get voted on there just because of the fan base and everything but bit I appreciate having you on man yeah thanks for having me hey we'll be talking here soon MLB uh trade deadline we'll have more stuff for y'all throughout the season as things uh we need more debates and whatnot definitely a lot of Mike Trout talk coming up but oh, yeah I got him on the end of the rice the home of the man with the dinosaur every week I change my clouds gotta fit in this store in my house gotta really go rush my house gotta wash up my wrist cause the house my bitch can't sleep at my house make you sleep at the hotel now and when you talk me you talking on cap and your diamonds they looking like tap I was always looking for the pouch keep an army bitch my lap